Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hi, Sarah. Hey, how are you? I think I'm a little better than you. Um, I am better than I was. So okay, well, that's good to it's know. It's all relative. I had the flu this week, the real flu, influenza. I got an A on my influenza test. That's my new, that's my new line. <laughs> I love that. That's a great one. Well, we're going to keep this light and fluffy today. We're going to talk about kind of pop culture sensations um, and whether or not we can care about yes. them um, because there's lots of things we don't really care so much about that a lot of other people care, care about. And there's a lot of things that um, that we do like that yeah. everyone else is into. So um, it's going to be a really fun episode as one of our more than moms, which we like to bring you a couple times a month. And today, the day this drops is actually Oscar Sunday, right? I am. I am aware of that and I am very excited about it. And we will mention awards shows, which you do not care about usually. I don't. That's why I had to ask you. And then the day that we um, came up with the topic was like the day after Super Bowl Sunday when everyone was freaking out about J-Lo and Shakira. Yeah. And that is another thing that I am, uh, I am, I guess, just neutral about. I don't, I neither like nor, nor dislike. So I think this is such a funny thing because Sarah, you and I have both been a little contrarian um, in some of the same ways about not getting into things that are really overhyped or maybe being like the last person Mm -hmm. to read the pot, the really hip book. And like so long that we wait till it's back on the library shelves consistently, like years after um, and sometimes that's great. Like sometimes I realize I missed something I was never going to get interested in. And then sometimes I'm almost kicking myself because I'm like, why did it take me so long to get into this? Yes, I agree. And I hope we don't make any accidental um, enemies with this episode, because I do think there is a there's a, a category of pop culture that you and I sometimes have a hard time getting behind. And it's not like we hate I don't think we hate anything that we're going to talk about today. I just think that we gravitate towards certain things more than others. And both of us have that weird trend diverse streak where like the more people love something, the more we're like, <laughs> yeah, I know. So it, is, it is a thing. I, I believe the emails will come out of the woodwork. Yeah, you're probably right. Especially if we <laughs> mention the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Should we just like make a pact and not to mention the Gilmore Girls? No, it's going to happen. It's going to have to happen. Okay, so I'm going to kind of lead this episode um, and just kind of name off some categories here of things that kind of fall under the pop culture and also just like, I don't know, cultural collective consciousness Mm -hmm. stuff that's not always necessarily movies or books or TV, but just things that people are into and we maybe are or aren't. So the first category is, I sound like I'm on the Oscars, (laughs) the winner for the first category, the nominees are... So the first category is stuff the rest of the world seems to love, but we just can't care about. <laughs> I love your categories. Can I just jump in? I love I just love the way you uh, organized this information. Well, my two nominees, um, if we're going to you know carry that through, mm-hmm. are Star Wars. OK. 
and the Gilmore Girls. And I'm going to give a caveat to each. I saw the original three Star Wars. I thought they were fine. Okay, that's your whole caveat? Yes. Okay. That's it. That's all I have to say about Star Wars. I don't get, like, I don't, I understand why it is such a big deal. I suppose if you're looking back at from it, like a nostalgia sure. perspective, I get it. Like the ones that came out in the late seventies and the early eighties, they were totally different. Like this was a whole new way of both making movies. And I believe the star Wars franchise was the first that did merchandising. Like they were the first. Yeah, definitely movie that early. Yes. Um, so I get it. And I think that my siblings all went and saw um, the original star Wars when I, my mom was in the hospital having me. So like that was a big family thing for me. And of course I felt kind of left out because I wasn't even born yet and it was already in the theaters. But I just like then all the reincarnations of it since. I just can't care. I can't care. Um, Gilmore Girls, I feel like I should like. I love um, Miss Maisel. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's Amy Sherman Palladino. Yes. So same creator. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I should love it. And maybe I would, but I'm not sure I've ever even watched an episode. Okay. well, I have to jump in here because I as we had the flu this week, Allegra had asked recently, she said, oh, my gosh, my friend says she's watching this show called Gilmore Girls. I have made it to age thirty nine point nine 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 without ever <laughs> seeing an episode of Gilmore Girls. Not on any kind of stance, just like Meh, I missed it. I was too old to identify with Rory, yes. too young to identify with Lauren Graham's character, Lorelai. So two days ago, when I was thirty nine point nine 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 years old, uh, we watched seven episodes in a row while having the flu. And I have to say, I still say, eh, like, okay, sure. I, I mean, somebody told me once it's like everyone just talks really fast. Yeah. And that's the gimmick. So I don't know. And it, it does take place in a really cute, charming Connecticut town, like where my husband grew up, except it just to me, it it's dated now. It looks like it's on a um on a set in L.A., which it is. It's on the same like, I think I've been to the Universal lot where they film that. It looks a little fakey, fakey to me. I have thoroughly enjoyed it as a sick day binge, and I'm not knocking yes. anybody's obsession. I just, eh, I think I just missed. I missed it. It wasn't the right time for me. And they're cute. They both have dark hair and blue eyes, which so do I. I, I like that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually just heard from Jenna, who's watching it with uh, with Luna. Yeah. And Luna is obsessed with it. So I could see how it could be like a fun it was mother daughter thing. Mm-hmm. But like there's just other things I'm more interested in watching. Agreed. With Clara, even though we do all need brain candy sometime. OK, so what are your nominees for the stuff the rest of the world seems to love, but we just can't care about category? OK, I got two big ones, two big recent ones. Uh, Game of Thrones. Mm. I'm sorry. I just don't do fantasy. Uh, really, I, I hardly ever do fantasy or sci-fi. Very few exceptions. And the violence. And um, and my husband's obsessed. And uh, people I know are obsessed. So can't care about Game of Thrones. I also can't care about Stranger Things. And I feel a little bad about that one. But um, I, I'm not good with that kind of scary suspense. And I'm like, it's again, it kind of goes into like sci-fi supernatural. I hear great things. I just haven't been able to care. So, yeah. So for me, Stranger Things was like a fun little jaunt that took me like, I don't know, a weekend to kill each season. Okay. And I enjoyed it. I'm not going to say I went crazy for it. I thought the first season was super unique and like super nostalgic, Mm -hmm. like all the music and the soundtrack and the fonts and the clothes and everything else. And, you know, by season three, I was a little over it, but I still did watch it and I'll watch the next season when it comes out. But yeah, I'm not. It's not something I care that much about. So I don't think we need to declare a winner in this category. It's just like, these are just the nominees. Maybe yeah. other people can uh, yeah. send in their, yeah. their votes and we can winner. declare winners. I mean, <laughs> I think if we had to look at these Star Wars and Game of Thrones are the biggest. Yes. They, they top the charts in terms of how many people are obsessed and really into yes. them. So I guess maybe they, they win from a, like, we really have to lean in on not caring because most people care a lot. And right now people are really into the Mandalorian. And I've, I've actually heard that that's just like um, good, tel- like good programming. Yeah. It's really a great series. And I maybe one day I'll watch that because it doesn't feel as Star Warsy to me. Uh, so maybe I'd give it a chance. I don't know about that. I mean, I live yeah. in a house with someone who's super, super into all four. No, I was going to say all four of those things, not Gilmore Girls. The other three Brian's super into. And I just go upstairs and read a book. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. 
Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR5050 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product, Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, Sarah, so our next category is stuff we got into for a minute but lost interest just as everyone else went crazy for it. (laughs) Can I just tell our listeners that in the outline, you also capitalize the first letter of each word. Like, so it just looks really official and it just warms my heart because we have a very collaborative process coming up with all of our episodes. But you just, well, obviously I was sick this week too, but you also have the ability to take like a fuzzy idea I have and just figure out how to present it. And this one makes me so happy right down to your capitalization. Oh, that makes me happy. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. I will go first. I have um, a few. Okay. So things I got into for a minute, but then lost interest. The Bachelorette um, is still going strong. I was into the Bachelorette and the Bachelor both. I think Mm, I was kind of into them equally when my, when I was having babies and like up in the middle of the night, nursing and streaming was kind of new or like I would like TiVo it and then be able to watch it in the middle of the night. And I didn't have a reason. I just was like, I think I've seen enough. Like I, I still, I'll still see references and headlines to it. And I'm like, I I don't, I just can't care anymore. But I, I did, I was into it and then kind of lost interest. I'm not sure I lost interest right as everyone else got into it, but everyone else for sure sustained their interest. And I did not. Can, can I ask you a question? Are Bachelorette and the Bachelor basically the same premise? Just genders are switched. Uh Okay. I think I've seen like one episode of each. Yeah. So I wasn't and sure. at least in the olden days, because I haven't probably watched since like 2011, maybe 12. Um, In the olden days, often like the runner up or one of the high finishers who didn't get chosen from like, let's say it was a group of women. One of the number two or number three pick who didn't get chosen would then become the bachelorette. And so it would kind of volley back and forth like that. Does that make sense? Yes. Yep. And then. Okay, Fleabag. Did you watch Fleabag? Amazon original? Amazon Prime? Uh, No, I keep hearing about it, but I have not watched it. Okay, I put it in this category. It's not that I lost interest, but I still put it in this category because I wanted it somewhere. I just, I watched it both seasons. I liked it. I appreciated a lot of the uniqueness in the acting performances. I just was not like, first of all, I watched it very early. No one was talking about it when Brian and I watched it. We felt very ahead of the curve. All Then all of a sudden, Everyone was talking about it and like peeing their pants excited about how great it was. And then Phoebe Waller-Bridge won 
all of the Emmys during an Emmys awards that I really wanted Julia Louis-Dreyfus to win for the last season of Veep. And I had other vested other people who were up for. And I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge is brilliant and lovely. And I think it's a good show. I just was like, really? Like, I wasn't as excited as everybody else. And everyone else got really excited well after I had seen it. So I put it in this category. All right. That's a good that's a good place to put it. I, I will just remain neutral on that. I, it's one of those that I think I'll never get around to watching. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. You'd yeah. like it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that way about Peaky Blinders, too, because I keep hearing about it. But I'm just like, eh, I don't know. We, Everyone yeah. was going nuts about it for a while. We lapsed um, on that. But... Did you, you lapsed? Yeah, you I liked it. it. Yeah. I liked it, but I, not enough to keep going, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so for me, um, in this category, I got into Game of Thrones for a minute. Okay. Um, I actually read all the books like in a summer. I feel like it was between the first and second season. So I watched the first season mm-hmm. of Game of Thrones, and then there was a long break, like more than a year, maybe. And I read all of the books in wow. that time, which is a like yeah. that's a lot of reading. Um, but I just it's so they're page turners, and I just kept mm-hmm. going and going, and I really wanted to know what was going to happen. So then when I came back. I watched, I believe it was season two where the infamous Red Wedding Uh happened. And I think it wasn't even all the way through. I think it was like halfway through season two or maybe toward the end of season two. It was a big surprise. It was a shocker. Well, I knew it was coming because I had read it in the book. And I got right up to the scene. And then I was like, nope, I'm not going to watch this because I was so traumatized by reading it that I just couldn't even imagine how it was going to feel to watch it. Okay. So I didn't. And then I just didn't watch it. I just kept not watching. I thought, well, maybe I'll pick up in season three. And I didn't. And then I heard. But the funny thing is I kept reading recaps because I wanted to know (laughs) what was happening. And people, it got more and more and more popular. Like the more I didn't watch it, the more popular it got. So I wanted to feel like I was part of that. And I really wanted to know how the show was compared to the um, to the books. So I would read the recaps and every now and then I would just watch a random episode and then I'd be good. So like I feel like. From the seasons three on, I maybe watched like seven episodes total. Mm -hmm. Just enough to kind of know what was happening and just enough to know what people felt about it. Yeah. But it just fell off my radar. I am so off the radar with Game of Thrones that when we'll like we'll be watching Saturday Night Live or a talk show and someone will come on that's like super famous. And I'm like, who is that actor? And Brian's like, yeah, they're on Game of Thrones. I'm like, oh, so they're super famous to like 87 percent of the world. And I have no idea who they are. That's funny. Okay, so the next category is. Stuff everyone else loves, and we do too. So this is where you don't have to send us emails hating right, us. because we, we all like-, <laughs> like the same things here. We're all going to be happy, unless you hate this stuff. And we're like, not everyone loves that. Okay, so I'll go first on this one. Okay. First one was Downton Abbey. I watched the entire thing from the first... Like, it. I almost never watch a show from the premiere through the end, week after week after week on time. Like, mm-hmm. it is very rare that I do that. But Downton Abbey was one. I hardly ever missed one. I watched it from day one. Like, I just saw the um, trailer for it and thought, yep, this is a show I could get into. And for for many seasons, Jenna mm-hmm. and I would get together and watch it religiously. So I really stuck with it. Um, British Baking Show is one of those shows where I get kind of confused by how the seasons work. I feel like I keep like Claire and I will watch two or three episodes in a row, then take, you know, like a week break and then yeah. come back. And I feel like I'm always not in the spot I thought I was going to be. Yeah, like, I've been confused by that, too. OK, <laughs> so it's not just me. But I really like it. Like, I like all the British accents and I like what they, the beautiful, yeah. the beautiful creations that they make and the illustrations like at yes, the beginning. Yes. And I just love it. I love, I mean, even, even the meanest was because uh, Clara was talking about Paul and how mean he can be. And I said, Clara, I mean, even his meanest really isn't that mean yeah. compared to like the American food, right. you know, people. So, um, and then the third one would be Schitt's Creek. And this is one where I don't think I've actually watched it all the way through. I've watched first. I started. It was one of those I started watching with my brother and my sister when it was like during the holiday. We were all together. and We watched like the first two seasons in one sitting. And then I went back and watched a couple that I really liked again. And then I kind of skipped around. But I'll tell you what, like at the end of the day, when I sit down and I just want to watch something that makes me feel really good that is what I turn to. And I almost don't even care if I have any idea what happened the season before or the season, like what's coming up. I don't care about following along with the plot line. I've gone back and watched episodes multiple times and it's all great. And I finally got to the, the simply the best episode. Okay. I no spoilers because I am actually watching it in order. Okay. Well, it was, it made me so happy. (laughs) It it was, it made me so happy that I went back and watched clips on YouTube of these two scenes like over and over. So 
I, I think it's maybe season four, maybe. So, okay. Well, yeah. I will just briefly say that I concur. I thumbs up on all three of your picks because I also, along with the rest of the world, love Downton Abbey, have watched everything. I like the Great British Baking Show a lot. I have not watched all of it, but I like it when I watch it. And then um, I love Schitt's Creek. And we are we are going in order, but I fully agree with what you said. Like, it feels like a show where I wouldn't have to. I could watch anything. Right. So. Um, I will ask you this. Do you have any plans to see the Downton Abbey movie? Okay, it's on this list. It's on a category later. <gasps> Is so I'm going to save okay. it. Yeah, I, I just right. saw it last week. I, I read okay. it. Okay, so mine for stuff everyone else loves, and I do too, um, awards shows. And I don't even know if everyone Does loves them. Does everyone love them? Well, I don't know. <laughs> pop culturally, like, yes, everyone they are likes to thing. talk about them, and, you know, yep. they get a lot of coverage. And um, I can't quite explain my love for awards shows because I never see the movies. We're going to get into that later. But like, I really don't watch a lot of movies. It comes, it feels very nostalgic for me because when I was a teenager, I loved celebrity magazines. I followed celebrities and I don't really anymore. But I, for one night, I eat up the fashion. I want to know who's there with who. I like finding out like what movies, it makes me feel like connected to pop culture in like one three hour period. And Brian really loves movies. and. And the movie industry. And so we've always watched them together. And I love it. So we, I always watch the Oscars, the Golden Globes, and the Emmys. I'm not really a Grammys girl. Um, and I would watch the Tonys, but I always forget when they're on. So so what I think is interesting about that is that the, the ones that you're the most into are uh, related to you geographically. Oh, like, that's interesting. You don't really care about the Grammys or the Tonys, but as an L.A. adjacent person... You're interested in the Emmys and the um, and the Oscars, yeah. which yeah. makes sense, I think. That is interesting. OK, mm-hmm. and then also on my list that everyone loves is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Everyone seems to love it. I also love it. Um, we did watch season three, which is the most recent one. Um, and I didn't think it was quite as strong as the first two seasons, but I will always watch some Maisel. Um, and then this is one's a little different, but we went back and watched the entire West Wing from the beginning, which is seven seasons. And keep in mind that old network dramas used to be hour-long dramas there were 22 episodes in a season it's not like now where there's like like seven (laughs) or something so we watched it all not every season of the west wing is great but to watch a whole catalog like that was just really satisfying um and that was a huge huge pop culture sensation at the time and i didn't watch it at the time brian did and i didn't um, and it was really fun to go through together. And then there's a super nerdy podcast called The West Wing Weekly, which one of our listeners told me about when she heard me mention on the show that we were watching The West Wing. She sent me an email. And um, so that was like that was such a cool way to go back in time to a past big pop culture sensation and relive it. And I, I honestly kind of miss it. It was great. So I actually love that there are podcasts that have sprung up specifically around like one program. Yes, it is just so internet. It's so (laughs) internet. And this one is hugely, hugely popular. Like they did their final episode in a live theater, like thousands and thousands of people. It's like a, like a big, yeah, cult following. So anyway. Okay. So our next category stuff we tried to like, but felt that it was (laughs) overhyped or overrated. Um, This might, might make people mad too, but sometimes I feel like there's something that comes out and I really, really want to love it. And I just, I just can't. So Sarah, I will let you go first on this one. Well, the Downton Abbey movie, I think this has to come down to uh, hype and expectations because I heard a lot. I listened to a pop culture happy hour about it. I read a couple articles about it. I think you told me about it when it came out in the theater. And what everybody said is it's just so satisfying to see our favorite characters again and see it on the big screen and I think I just I had too high of expectations. We watched it um, at home and I just thought it was fine. I thought the plot was really weak. And but the plot of Downton was always weak. So I don't know what yeah. I was expecting. It I just, don't disagree, by the way. I did enjoy it, but I felt like it was not a movie. It was yeah. not a film. It was a long episode that kind of if I had gone in and had never watched Downton Abbey, I would have been like, what is going on? Yeah. And there were so. some side <laughs> plots that I felt like didn't need to be there. Yeah. Just to kind of give all the characters some service. So anyway, it was fine. Um, and then the other one I did try to like, I watched four or five episodes. I gave it a try was This Is Us. And I just really didn't like it right when right when everyone else was going crazy for it. Um, I didn't like the dialogue writing. I hadn't watched a network drama in a long time. Just so funny because I just talked about The West Wing. But very different from your HBO mm. and your Amazon or is originals and your Netflix originals. It's a different type of writing. 
And um, I thought some of the performances were fine and I kind of get the appeal, but I, I just, I just couldn't do it. I hated This Is Us. <laughs> and this is something where I saw, I watched the first episode, like the day it came out, which again, I never do, but it, it was like, um, I had seen the trailers and I thought, oh my gosh, this looks so good. Like, a family drama. This is the kind of thing I want in my life right now, whatever I was doing then. I just wanted a show like that to kind of get absorbed in. Right. And the funny thing is I was sitting with my screen. I was watching it on my computer with my screen literally right in front of my face. And I kept looking, checking my phone. And then I thought, <laughs> why am I doing this? Like, I'm not somebody who usually is like rocking multiple devices at once. And I thought I'm so bored and so turned off by the show that I couldn't even make it through like two episodes. Yeah. So I just I think you're right about the dialogue. And I think that network dramas just are different. And if you're not used to it or that's not what you were looking for, it just didn't work. Yep. All right. You can all email us now. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I don't hate anybody for for loving it. Yeah, no, I just don't love it. Um, Okay, so I just have one. And this also might get us some hate mail. Um, The new Little Women movie. I hated it. Really? Okay, so I haven't seen it yet. But sometimes this helps me with my expectations. Because if I I go in, you hated it. You didn't just dislike it. it. Okay. I cried at the end. Okay. <laughs> but at, but at the same time, I was crying and I'm like, why am I crying? Like, I don't even like any of these characters. I don't even think this is the way it's supposed to end. I swear the ending was not even right. So the funny thing is I was reading the book at the same time. And okay. then it came out. I went and saw it on Christmas Day. So, yes, my expectations were high. Um, I went and see it with two friends and um, had had a lovely day up until then. And, of course, like, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. Here's what I'll say. When I had to go to the bathroom halfway through, I wasn't sad about it. <laughs> And there were parts where I was like, wait, that is totally not how it happened in the book. And I know every adaptation takes some liberties, but I felt like it took liberties that didn't need to be taken. I felt like they were really heavy handed in the feminist messaging, which I love that that's a message of the book. And it doesn't need to be like it doesn't need to be more heavy handed than it already is because it's already so revolutionary for the time. Right. Um, I felt like some of the stuff I really liked about the book, like some of the like more wholesome stuff was mm-hmm. a little bit like kind of taken out. I didn't like Laura Dern. I did like the character who played Joe. I can't pronounce her name. Sersha. It rhymes Saoirse. with inertia. And I know that because she said it in an awards show once. <laughs> okay. So, and she's gorgeous and she yeah, was great. And I lovely. really like, she's very, she's very appealing. And I liked her. I felt like the actress who played Amy looked like she was 27 when she was supposed yeah. to be 12 and has this like very womanly presence and voice. And I found that really distracting. Um, the scene, well, I mean, is it, can we give a spoiler for Little Women? Yeah, I think for Little Women in general, maybe not for this movie unless it's like... Well, I mean, the scene where something tragic happens yep. to one of their family members mm-hmm. whose name rhymes with F uh-huh. <laughs> um, was totally not right. Okay. Like the whole way it played out was wrong. I was just mad about it. I was like angry. So the how theater. do you feel about the 90s um, Susan Sarandon version? I really liked that one. As I, I haven't seen it in years, but oh, I really liked I love, it. I love, love that one. And then I had, I had seen a BBC version a few months ago that I did not like. And okay. I thought, well, then this new movie is going to be so much better. And I felt that it was not. I didn't like it. And it, it got such great. Like people were talking about it nonstop on Facebook and everywhere else. And I thought, well, are we all watching the same movie? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I love, I love the Winona Ryder, Susan Sarandon one. Yes. And I'm sure there's people out there who don't like that one for various reasons, but I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. Oh gosh, that one's like comfort food to me. So, okay. Very <laughs> interesting. I do want to see it um, and I will report back. So. All right. We'll do that. And I'm wondering, and, and I'm wondering how, how long ago did you see the Susan Sarandon version and or read the book? Um, both have been at least 10 years, but I have, I have done rereads and rewatches. Allegra and I reread a young readers edition together of Little Women. Okay. It was a really good young readers. Like it didn't leave a lot out. It was just the language was a little bit. So simpler. you'll remember major plot points. Oh, I and... definitely remember. I know me. I know the plot pretty well of that one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then I think you, you may be, uh, <laughs> disturbed okay. as I was. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes. I'm not wearing things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. 
the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time, and the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Okay, Sarah. So let's get into our final few categories. Um, The next one is stuff we tried to avoid, but it was just too darn good. And I will go first with my nominees. (laughs) I just have one. Um, Hamilton. So I, you know, I'm in a musical theater Mm -hmm. and Hamilton really came across my, well, let me put it this way. I tend to be suspicious of new musical theater sensations. I know this about you. Yes. I tend to stick with the old stuff that like the tried and true the stuff that I grew up watching on, you know, movies or that I saw when I was younger or that I heard the soundtracks to a million times. And so when something new comes out, I just, it takes me a while to warm up to it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes me too long, honestly, to even give it a shot. And um, I think with Hamilton, there was a couple different things going on. I was really introduced to it because I was... I think direct either in a show with a bunch of teenagers or directing a show that had a bunch of teenagers. And of course they were all obsessed with Hamilton right. and constantly like doing the cabinet battles. Mm-hmm. And, and I just was like, Oh my gosh. And like rolling my eyes at the whole thing. So I really didn't, I mean, it's not like I waited years and years, but I gave, I gave it a good long, like a pretty wide berth. And then one day the kids just wanted to listen to the soundtrack and I put it on while I was making dinner. And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> um, that was probably three years ago. And then it just became a household obsession. Like we listened to it constantly. Um, and I, every time I listened to it, I felt like I learned something new. Like yeah. I would hear a turn of phrase, like uh, the, the writing style. It's so I mean, smart. Like, yes. Like the like yeah. internal rhyming and like, yes. yeah. And it's yeah. just, it's just genius. Like, and I, I was like, oh my, I've never heard anything like this in my life. And so I was won over. And then I finally went and saw Hamilton the other day um, with William and and it's funny that it took me that long to go see it, but tickets are really expensive oh, yeah. and they sell out quickly. And it was like last shot. Like it had, it was already done in Chicago. It made it to Grand Rapids. It was only going to be there for like this month. And so for Christmas, I got Will and I tickets and pretty good seats. And um, we went and I have to say, like, I know you were a little worried that I might not like well, it. Only because I feel like now it's not the trend diverse thing. I knew that you were on board, like that there's right. a reason this is popular and you're not like, Oh, who's Lin-Manuel Miranda. I knew you were right. like that, but because so many people have seen it and like said it was a religious experience that can yes. be, that can be hard to live up to. So I won't say that it was a religious experience for me. It wasn't, I had already been so blown away by the soundtrack. Like yes. I had already had my religion already happened. Yes, right. I agree. So it was exactly what I expected, which was exactly what I wanted. It was it, like taking a soundtrack I loved mm-hmm. and then having it come to life in front of my face. Like there was not one surprise. Like I wasn't surprised by the choreography, the yeah. sets, the acting, nothing. It was exactly, it was yeah. literally exactly what I expected, which 
is kind of like where contentment lies, right? Like, so yeah, I really did enjoy it quite a bit and it was very happy. I finally got to see it. I'm happy you got to see it too. And, and that makes sense for why you didn't come around to it right away, but I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me happy. I always say that I have room for like one new musical soundtrack in my listening every like five to 10 years. So I don't, I don't dislike or avoid new musicals, but I just can't like, I can't keep up with them all. So no, there's so many. Like one I like, I get obsessive about them too. So you can't get obsessive about too many things at once. <laughs> it's not possible. It's not no. possible. <laughs> um, okay. So for this category, I had a little trouble coming up with one for this category, but I got one and that is the hunger games, which yeah. I never got into. Not that I was avoiding. I, w- I did probably avoid it because I don't care for fantasy sci-fi at all. Like future mm. dystopian um, and then also, I think it became super popular. I want to say, is it like a 2012, 2013 ish? Yeah, in that era. Because I feel like I had some middle schoolers who were really into it. Right. And, and I, I did kids. not. I was saying yeah. little babies and I wasn't even reading for pleasure. And that wouldn't have been what I read. And so then Allegra and I read it in tandem because she wanted to read it about almost almost a year ago. And I was like thinking she was a little young, but but not. And so we read it in tandem together and I just got super hooked. So it's one of yeah. those where even though I'm not a fantasy sci-fi future dystopian person, sometimes you can just get over yourself and like lean into whatever, whatever that genre's hit sensation is and, you know, and love it. So. Well, what I really liked about the Hunger Games, I agree. Um, I have read other Hunger or other Hunger Games. I've read other dystopian future books right. aimed at middle schoolish, high schoolish age, you know, people. And I find that sometimes there's just something cheesy about them that like, I just don't find the dialogue relatable. But Hunger Games really felt to me like a book written for adults that was uh, tame enough for kids. Uh Uh-huh. Agreed. So if like the plot made, like the characters were drawn in a way that I thought was like, they were well drawn. The dialogue made sense. The plot line kept moving. I didn't feel like I wanted to roll my eyes. And often when I read those dystopian, they... They they remind me often the dystopian genre reminds me of the kind of stuff Clara's really into right mm-hmm. now where there's just drama 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 drama. It's like they took that and set it um, in this weird futury place where everyone dresses like the old days, but like, it's actually <laughs> the future. Like that's how I feel like a lot of those books play out. Yeah. Or they add like a sci-fi element, but it doesn't jive somehow. And Hunger Games didn't do that. So yeah. no, I, I liked, liked it. it when I was sick this week. Um, I was looking. I, I mean, I was sleeping so poorly and I didn't want to really read, but I was looking for something to help me fall asleep or just to be totally diverting. And I kept looking for Catching Fire, which is the second one, because um, I know we have it somewhere in the house. I thought, oh, that would be fun to to dig into. And I, I don't know where it is. So I never started. <laughs> so I have only read the first one, but I liked it. All right. Next category. This one is stuff I'll read think pieces about, but don't <laughs> usually actually watch. So think piece by that. I mean, like yeah. someone writes some commentary in the New York times or an opinion piece about it in the Washington post like you or whatever. Follow it culturally without I will follow it. culturally what people think about it and what they feel like are the important things that are being said in it or whatever, mm-hmm. but I don't actually watch it. And so you go first. Sarah. Okay. I will go first. Um, I think the biggest thing that comes to mind is popular music. I am terrible. I don't listen to popular music. I listen to some singer-songwriter stuff. I listen to Broadway soundtracks. I listen to country sometimes. I listen to weird, or I listen to nothing. I listen to podcasts. I've always been terrible, even as like a teenager, about any kind of pop or pop rock or anything that's, I don't just mean pop. I mean, things that are currently popular. Hip-hop, I'm just, I am the worst consumer of popular music. But I like to know what's happening. And I think I like the celebrity culture aspect of it. I, I think the music industry is interesting. So I listen to a lot of pop culture happy hour on NPR and they they do everything, books, music, movies. Um, but I think probably the category that fits this the best for me is is anything like when Beyonce's Lemonade came out, like I was reading things about that. Like I, I do enjoy learning about pop music. I just don't listen to any of it. Mm, OK, yeah. I mean, I'm not that. <laughs> yeah, I listen to lots of music and I will go to the movie like I'll go and and starts at the movies. I will sometimes go on a, almost like a movie bender where I go a few times in a month and then don't go again for a year. So I'm kind of up and down on that. But music, I tend to know pretty much what's going on. Yeah. Um, but I also do read think pieces about both. Mm-hmm. So for me, my two would be the Royals. We've talked, we did a whole episode. Yeah, we recently. should link to that because we haven't talked about it since, oh, dear Harry and Megan have. What do they call left. it? Mexit yeah, or whatever? Yeah, Mexit. Makes it. Yeah. Um, th- so like the two second primer is I went to college with Meghan Markle and she once stayed over in my apartment and I knew her in college. 
and then she was a princess and now she's not anymore. And we did an episode when she first had baby Archie and I'll link it in the show notes and it's, it's fun. So for the Royals though, like I find it to be one of those things where if there's something happening that I think is interesting culturally, like this whole Megxit thing is interesting and what it says about the monarchy and like modern living and all this stuff. And so, yes, I read plenty of think pieces about that, but if there, if like, I never would have known about it otherwise. Right. It just was like, I don't keep up on it. I don't keep up with their babies. I don't keep up really on any of it. I just, it's just happening and it feels very distant and sort of unrelated to my life. Um, and I've always been that way. Like I remember kind of the princess Diana thing happening in the background when I was a kid, but like, it wasn't, it didn't factor in hugely. Um, and then awards shows and the the awards shows have shown up in several different categories on this, on these lists, but like, I always think it's interesting who's winning and who's not, who's nominated and who's not, what that means about the, you know, the committee or the, (laughs) the Academy or whoever is doing the nominating, what that means about what's popular right now. Um, but I don't typically watch, I don't even typically know it's coming up. Like I, I will literally have no idea that an award show is coming up and then someone talks about it and I'm like, Oh, do you want to know how I know? Cause how? Brian, Brian sends me a Google calendar invite and puts them on my calendar. Isn't that, that cute? Is and I don't dislike watching them. I, every time yeah. I've watched them, I thought, Oh, this was fun. That was a nice way to spend a Sunday evening, but yeah. like, it just isn't something that yeah, it's not you know, on your radar. It's not on my radar. Yeah. So, um, then that takes us to the next, which is, I think, really lines up with this one as well. The next category is stuff I'll watch if there's nothing else on or I happen to be in the room. (laughs) So Sarah, uh, you can go first on this. Okay. At first I had a hard time and then I thought of a really good one. So for me, this is morning shows, daytime morning television, like The View, The Today Show, or like Ellen, like talk variety shows like Ellen, um, Oprah. I don't dislike them. I actually find them um, like diverting in the true sense of mm-hmm. the word. Like it's just fun and fine. Some are better than others and some maybe are more applicable to my life than others. I just literally forget that they exist. I haven't, um, as you can tell by listening to this episode, I do most of my consuming like streaming or services. Yeah. So I'm not a like live TV person for anything but like sports and awards shows, I guess. Um, so I kind of forget that they exist. And then when those people go on to like host the Mag- the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, like I forget that there's like a whole culture around these shows, the Today Show and stuff like that. So um, I will watch them if they're on in a car dealership or something. And I even yeah. find them enjoying. I just don't seek them out. So I would I would say that when I was in the gym, like going regularly to a regular gym where the mm-hmm. TV's on in the uh, in the locker room. I would often find myself sitting there just like zoning out to Ellen and in, and truly enjoying it, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, like sitting there wrapped in a towel and really, or I'll watch like a clip if it comes across my Facebook feed or something. Uh-huh. But yeah, I, I don't happen. At one point, I even remember this was years ago when um, I was blogging and I felt really out of it. Like people would be talking about, you know, seeing a friend, like a blogger friend of mine on Today Show. And I feel really out of it because I wasn't paying any attention. And I remember thinking, I should really watch more daytime TV, but then I just never did. Like I'd wander in the, the living room sometimes and turn it on and then wander away or I wouldn't pay any attention. So it's just not the way I consume TV. And I would add to that um, late night shows. Mm-hmm. You're, I know you don't watch those because you're not up at night. No, but we, we, we record Saturday Night Live, the daily show, and we've gone through phases of also recording Stephen Colbert and a couple others. So I actually feel like I actually watch more late night shows than daytime shows just because we record yeah. them. Well, and what's funny about that to me is that SNL, I'll watch, like, I'll watch clips of that later. But once a, once a night, like a, a late night show has happened, I kind of don't want to watch it. Like well, once true. it's over, yeah. it's over. And yeah. that's silly because it's still entertaining. If it's entertaining, if it's a good interview, it's a good interview. But like, I just, it kind of falls off my radar and I don't care. Yeah. Um. So for me in the stuff I'll watch, if there's nothing else on category, award shows fit in there for me, mm-hmm. but also the big games like the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I will forget that it happens if it's or any other big game. Um, If I'm in the room and it's on, I will find it pleasant to watch. But like, I don't go out of my way typically to, I I guess, like arrange my life around it. And then my other one, which I might get some haters about this is Harry Potter. Well, you're not saying you don't like it. You're just saying you'll watch it if it's on. Yeah. Like Harry Potter or like the Lord of the Rings trilogy or like shows like like those movies that are so epic and there's a million of them. And I've already seen them all once. Right. Yeah. So like, I don't need to then go back and watch them all again. Um, it turns out with as many kids as I have, they're often just on. Yes. And I have <laughs> to be in the room. Someone is watching them somewhere. Right. And so there, 
I've been like kind of, I don't know, exposed to those kinds of movies many, many times over. But I just it would never occur to me to be like, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to sit down and watch a bunch of Harry Potter movies. I just I just wouldn't do it. I would put Harry Potter in that category for me of like, I am pro Harry Potter. I am not going to seek out a reread or a rewatch probably ever. I, I am pro, like, I think, I think what JK Rowling gave to us and what it did for kids. And yes, it's all wonderful. I have nothing bad to say about the whole Potter verse. And I went to Universal Studios and I thought the Hogsmeade Village was amazing. Uh, Yeah. The Universal Studios. That was incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. So nothing whatsoever negative to say. I just am not like a not I'm not ever going to be like a repeat consumer or like a cosplay Potterhead. I'll leave that to my the rest of my family. Can I just admit that the word cosplay just gives me the heebie-jeebies? It is. Just, it's like it, there's it sounds some, vaguely like not G-rated, and I know that's not what it is, but something about well, it. Well, there are there are segments of it that feel that way. So yeah, I, I went there. So I'm not. It's wrong. Valentine's week, Megan. <laughs> we have to like throw a bone, I guess. I'm not sure that's the one we should throw. All right, so here's our last category. Um, guilty pleasures I secretly think I'd like if I gave them a chance. I and love go this. First yes, you on go this first. One. Um, so Bachelorette was one of mine. Okay. And Real Housewives. And then I guess I have to also lump Bachelor in with Bachelorette. And there's a, you know, a whole like franchise around the Real Housewives. Yeah. I've made it through one of each. I watched one uh, an season episode. Or one episode. No, like literally one episode. Okay. I've watched one episode of The Bachelor, one of The Bachelorette, and one of Real Housewives Atlanta. I believe. Okay. Um, and I, I did think they were ridiculous, but there is like this brain candy element uh-huh. that I might, I like, might like it a little too much. Mm-hmm. If I let myself get into it, I was never someone who like spent time nursing a baby and watching that kind of TV. Mm-hmm. And I usually just did other things. Like I would nurse and read or nurse and write or whatever. So I just never kind of fell into that um, too much, but I could totally have seen myself like, really binging on lots of that kind of thing. So I probably would have liked it if I'd ever allowed myself to get into it. Yeah, I can totally see that. And I I totally see why it is a true escape for a lot of people. Yes. So there's there's zero judgment over here. I have, like I said in the earlier in the show, I've, I've watched a fair amount of Bachelor Bachelorette before I just kind of, I don't know, just gave it up. And then Real Housewives, I think I've seen like two or three episodes and it was New York. And I was sort of fascinated. I was like, oh yes. gosh, like, this could really <laughs> just suck you in. Um, so mine is all of the HGTV, Joanna Gaines, fill in the blanks, those brothers that look yes. alike, all of it. I don't even know what they're called because I somehow like I somehow missed the boat again. It might be a timing thing of like when I had my babies or w- when other people were getting into these shows or what else I was watching. I just feel like I missed an entire catalog of work of these like HGTV shows that are really good. And I know I would love them. I've just never, I've never done it. I've had some that I've gotten really into and some like um, that have totally fallen off my radar. And it's interesting. I heard an interview with someone who's really high up um, at the network that owns, I think it's, it was scripts. Now I think discovery bought it or something, but HGTV and the food network. Mm -hmm. And they said that the way that they, they do their programming is very like it used to kind of annoy me because there would be five episodes of the same show in a row. Mm -hmm. And they said that's very intentional because people want to turn it on and have it become like background noise. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so people want to know what to expect. So people want to know they're going to see Joanna Gaines if they, you know, tune in at whatever time on a Tuesday or they're going to see uh, House Hunters yeah. at whatever time. And so when I had network TV, like when I had actual cable, I watched a lot of HGTV and now I don't. And it's very different to think I'm going to go like find it on streaming and binge yeah. it. It's like a, it's like the way my brain. It feels brain... like something that should just be on. Yes. Yeah. It's like I want it just to be on and I don't have to think about it. And, and like thinking about making the decision to sit and watch it. It's like, it's, it's a different area of my brain that HGTV has not yet activated. Yeah. That's the only way yeah. I can think of it. And they maybe one day it will. You. you are they need some to get kind me. of a potential target market as am <laughs> exactly. I. I think a big part of it for me is I was just not in a space where house aspirational house stuff. And you probably remember this about me because you had a blog that in part was about taking care of your home And I just like couldn't care about it because I had too many little babies and it almost kind of depressed me. Like, I just didn't live in a house that I was ever going to do anything to. And I had too many. I couldn't even keep like the toys picked up off the floor. And I'm now in a very different place where I like decor and design and maybe could think about a a remodel or something someday. So 
Um, yeah, I think, and I don't even know if those are a guilty pleasure, but they're a pleasure for sure that I, um, I know I would love and just never got into. Well, if you want to like a true guilty pleasure, pleasure, just watch a bunch of like house hunters international Mm -hmm. or the ones where they go to islands and things is ridiculous. You're never, you're not going to move to an Island probably (laughs) anytime soon. Right. So, so. okay. So it's just fun to watch and fantasize about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been so much fun and I'm hoping that listeners liked it as well. Thank you everyone for listening. Hey, just a reminder, we have two Spotify playlists out for February. Um, Sarah, this has been a fun little project of yours. And I have to say, it's also a fun way to group together older episodes in a way that listeners can go back by topic or theme. So February's playlists are Toddler Parenting Helpline <laughs> and episodes that feel like a hug. Aww. And those are some of our favorites from the archives. And they're just going to let you know you're doing a great job and it's all going to be OK. Yeah, this has been really fun for me. Um the toddler parent helpline one does have some episodes from other podcasters too. So we're making an effort. A lot of these are episodes from our archives, but we're including other podcasts as well. So hopefully you can discover new shows. And when you all share those playlists with your friends, maybe you have friends who are Spotify users, but not super into podcasts. It's a huge way to help us out because I think a lot of uh, listeners are discovering podcasts via Spotify. So thank you for that. Go check those out. The links are right in the show notes. And you can get to all of our Spotify playlists at themomhour.com slash Spotify. We'll be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode, and we'll talk to you then. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code the mom hour to save 20%. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left the mom hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.